Welcome back. I'm going to lighten things up a little bit this week because I have, I know, shared some pretty big ideas with you the past little while. And I thought it would be a cool time to share something that I had touched on in the past, um, but I haven't recorded in a podcast uh, yet. So I wanted to bring it forward to that. And since we're getting ready for spring and the days are getting a little bit longer, and brighter here in British Columbia, at least, um, I thought it would be a good time to share seven ways that you can live slowly and mindfully. So what does it mean to live slowly? You know, it's not a a common term, but my definition is um, living slowly means to live with intention and purpose and to be in the moment but also to feel and be productive and proactive. I feel like living slowly. It's something that I've been practicing for a very, very long time now, and I've made it my own, but it allows me to feel, oh gosh, like so much more in control of my mental um, and spiritual health that um, it's really, really worth diving into this topic in case you can take a tidbit or two away and apply it into your own life. Because, um, you know, being slow and mindful is uh, so, so important. And that's what I'm going to talk a little bit about today. You know, There's two really simple ways to live slowly (laughs) that I'll talk about first. And, you know, to live slowly, you really, really, really have to slow down your racing mind. Um, I've been there. I used to have a really, really active, um, not good active, active and very stressed out mind. So I slow down my brain by using techniques such as meditation. Um, That's a daily practice for me. I clean my brain just like I clean my teeth. I think it's super important to take care of that part of my body that really looks after me in a whole lot of ways that I couldn't list because I couldn't, I wouldn't know. But anyway, it's a lot. And um, like I said, it's a daily practice. It's not something I do once in a while. And the other thing that helps slow down my racing mind sometimes, uh, even when I don't feel like doing it, it's exercise. And for me in particular, it's um, really great to do group exercise or exercise with somebody else. Um, that always helps me slow down my, my mind. And I, as you've probably guessed, have a great deal of energy. So high intensity exercise works brilliantly for me. But it might not be the brilliant solution for you. Maybe it's for you, it's something slow and steady that uh, is like Tai Chi. Oh my gosh, I love Tai Chi. I tried it recently. If you haven't tried it, you should. Um, Or going for a walk or something like that. So really, really figure out what um, works for you and do it. Um, And another way that I slow down my thoughts is to have a conversation with somebody else. And a big part of that is making sure I also do what's called active listening. It um, We touched on it a little bit in this week's uh, Today I Practice video, so you can go listen to that in the show notes. But active listening essentially means um, being present for all conversation and thinking about uh, or listening to what's being said rather than thinking about what you want to say. 
And having conversation and active listening really helps me stay in the present moment. It helps me lean on the people that are there to support me. Um, and I can talk about the things that may be troubling me. It's really, really way, a good, good, good way to slow down. Because I don't know about you, but when I, um, it doesn't happen to me so much anymore. But in the in the old days, when I used to get like freaked out and scared and anxious um, the worst thing I could do for myself was be by myself because my imagination is so incredible. Uh, and that's good and bad. So having that conversation with somebody else was awesome to slow it down for me. And like I said, when I panic, uh, my negative thoughts move so quickly that I can't catch them. And so I set an intention now to process things without fear or panic, without hurry or carelessness. So I realize now that everything comes um, into my space, it comes across my experiential field, because it's meant for me to learn from and grow from. So when I change my perspective on that, um, I can process without as much fear or panic. And I don't rush through and try to get rid of my bad feelings. You know, I go, hey, what do you want to teach me? Just like I talked about in uh, the old post uh, that I wrote about the Rumi's guest house. And I'll, I'll link to that in the show notes as well. But it's super important to sort of have that distinguishing um, criteria, I guess, that everything comes across my experiential field because it's meant for me to grow from. The other thing that I do to live slowly or I try really hard to do is I try not to overbook myself. I mean, there's times that um, that's a little harder than other times. Like, um, for example, right now, things in my um, work are quite active. And, you know, it's it's a little bit busier, but I'm not busy, if you know what I mean. So I'm very intentional on how I book my time in my space. And I found that um, when I schedule things too close together, I felt like a failure because I felt trapped um, when my schedule was overbooked. And the type of work that I do, I need space between clients, for example, to regroup and reset. And so I don't carry, you know, one energy into another, (laughs) you know, session. I, I always take time to clear and reset. So that allows me to make sure I book that time uh, in between clients. For example, that's a small example in my life where I have the intention to um, reset. Um, When I say don't overbook yourself, sorry, I've been a little sick. Um, What I mean is that um, like overdoing it, it does not mean that you shouldn't push yourself Um, to achieve your goals. That's not what I'm saying. Living slowly means to live with intention. You know, your intensity um, and desire to achieve a goal doesn't need to shift just because you slow down and are more purposeful. It means living the width of your life, not just the length of your life, as Diane Ackerman says. So, you know, I, I I get loads of satisfaction from planning and doing And all of that kind of stuff, you know, I feel really, really good about all of that. But what I realized hmm, is that I feel blissful when I'm being, you know, and that's what living slowly has allowed me to do. It's allowed me to be, 
you know, kind of spread my wings a little bit. It means really feeling what's going on in my life, good or bad. Like I said, like that back to that post of Rumi's guest house. Uh, it means processing the emotions, good or bad, that go with what I'm feeling in the moment. And knowing that you really, really benefit from hmm, experiencing and expressing your emotions as they come, rather than storing them up in your mind, your body or spirit for later, because you know, that always blows up, never works out. So one way or another, it's going to get you. So you might as well slow down, feel your anger, feel your grief, feel, feel your joy, you know, feel the bliss, all of it. It's all good. Living slowly means savoring your life. Really, truly savoring your life. You know, um, there's a uh, quote from Ben Hogan that says, as you walk down the fairway of life, you must smell the roses for you only get to play one round. And, you know, the things that I've um, personally been through the last little while um, have really uh, hammered that home for me, being able to bear witness to people struggling in different ways in their lives has allowed me to step back and say, Hey, you know what, everything, everything is good. And I'm going to savor it. Because it's all happening for me. But can you imagine how that would feel for you? I know your life is pretty great right now. I get that. But this practice can help put it over the top into a feeling of enlightenment, you know, real deep, deep, deep connection with yourself because you slow down and get to know you, your soul, your intuition, your inner power, because that power you have inside of you, man, it's strong and it knows the way for you. And every one of us has this unique path. So you really, really want to get to know you so you can enjoy your path. Because there's so many cultures in the world that do just this. They live slowly and the benefits on their overall being are, tremen are tremendous. I mean, being, uh, I, I was born in India, so I moved here when I was uh, a little, little, little two-year-old um, or 18 months or so. And I had the benefit of having that live slowly culture, um, you know, infiltrate my every cell of my being from being little. But then I, I you know, lived uh, in conjunction or in contrast, I had this sort of Western culture where everything was racing and fast and all of that. And so I feel like I'm going back to my roots when I go back to living slowly because there's never a rush for a meal. You take your time, you eat mindfully. And when you sit down to have your, your chai, you sit down and have your chai. You're not going to multitask and do all that other kind of stuff. And if you've read the Blue Zones, you know that there are so many cultures out there that take that time to do and be in their um in their lives. And it's all over the world. So maybe go look into that if it's something that you feel inspired to check into because it's quite, in, quite interesting. And I love always challenging my limiting beliefs. So there's something you can go dig into if you like. So what I would suggest is that the next time you find yourself rushing, like most people, <laughs> ask yourself this question. 
Um, and it worked, uh, it works for a lot of people. So hopefully it'll work for you. But ask yourself this question, what am I afraid of missing? It's a wonderful and quick way to ground yourself. Usually people think they will miss something if they don't have the fast life. But the truth is, the way you miss out on life is by trying to sprint through it. Because life is that marathon. Settle in for the long, slow run. When you live slowly, you'll um, be quiet enough inside yourself that you can hear your inner guidance system. Because I promise you that inner guidance system tends to speak in whispers. And the quieter you can become to be able to hear it, oh my goodness, will you ever, ever feel whole? I guess that's the word for it. You'll feel totally plugged in, tuned in, and safe. You'll feel whole. So I'm going to give you an outline that you can um, follow to help you kick off your first seven days of living slowly if this is new to you. Um, so I'm going to give you that outline now and you can go download the graphic um, on the show notes or you can go follow us on social media and get the graphic there so you can keep track of it and follow along. But day one is um, to meditate. So most people hit the snooze button on their alarm clocks, you know, first thing in the morning. And, you know, why not transform that normally guilty snooze into something productive instead? So you can use your snooze timer as your meditation timer. So ideally, this is when you would do your authentic meditation. So just you no audio tracks. And if you don't know how to uh, authentically and properly meditate, it's something I do teach. So you can reach out to me. But it's a silent practice. So you know, this is the best time of the day to do your silent meditation, your mantra based meditation. If you, um, you know, understand that you're going to feel better using that snooze time to help you ease into waking up instead of feeling crappy for not getting up when you when your alarm beeped the first time. So in day one, you can just like I said, use snooze to meditate. And if you want to do that moving forward as your meditation timer, you know what, if it's the something it's the thing that gets you started into meditation, I'm cool with that too. It'd be pretty, pretty sweet. Number two, and day two, pardon me, is to take day two and simplify something. You know, there's a saying um, that I heard in a movie. Now I'm not going to remember the name of the movie. <laughs> uh, it was Tom Shadyac's movie. Now I'm not going to remember the name of it. But in the movie, they said, nature never takes more than it needs. And so you'll notice, you know, when you watch the nature documentaries, the wild animals will eat till they're full and then they, they won't just like keep eating and eating and eating and they'll just stop when they're done. You know, the trees take the water that they need and things seem to function beautifully. And so it's coming back to that, thinking about yourself, like, are you taking more than you need? Are you getting enough? <laughs> right? Are you do indulging or not, right? So reconnect with that inner knowing and shed what you no longer need. It could be an article of clothing. It could be emotional baggage. It could be a habit or heck, it could even be a relationship that no longer serves you. Simplify. So ask yourself, what can you shed today? And if you have to, want, write it down. 
writing stuff down helps me um, lock in. So you could do that. Day three, book time for you. So what is awesome is just if you can schedule 10 minutes a day in a calendar for you and label it gap time. And I call it the gap time because it gives you a gap between your thoughts and a gap between your appointments. And it's that mental rest time. So you can use your gap time to reset and refocus throughout the day. Um, so I'm asking you just to put one in. I tend to schedule at least two gaps um, for myself um, on writing days. And then I've already told you that when I see clients, I have a gap between every client um, in my workday. And uh, you need to do what works best for you because like I said, you got your own systems and all of that stuff that already works. So all you're doing is fine tuning. So day number four, fresh air. So go outside for at least five minutes. And if you say that's impossible, open a window in your office, your house, or your car, whatever it takes, breathe in fresh air. Our genetics haven't caught up to this indoor lifestyle. So our bodies crave fresh air. And cool fresh air is so, so amazing for us. Fresh air helps with everything from eating digestion to improving blood pressure to boosting your immune system. Can you believe it? Something as simple as fresh air is that powerful. Day number five, play. Play is so underrated and so good for the soul. There's nothing like play to get you into the moment and create a heightened state of gratitude. It helps remind you that you're never too old to have a good laugh, or you're never too old to use your imagination. You know, kids do it freely, or at least they used to when we were growing up. So you know, because you played when you were growing up. So, you know, remember that, lock into that, and then pay attention to little kids, the toddlers, the, the you know, the ones that are in um, grades K to three, they play very, very freely. So you can learn a lot from them and play doesn't have to be complicated. It can be spur of the moment and you're going to do it. Day five. Okay. Number six, day six, pardon me, eat, <laughs> make time to eat your lunch away from your desk if you work. And if you don't work when you're eating your lunch, please, um, you know, don't bring your phone. Don't bring a note, you know. Don't bring a newspaper, don't bring anything, just eat your food, like pay attention, eat mindfully. And if another thing you can do is if you can eat your lunch outside, right? Because that feels really joyous. It feels like you're on vacation, maybe even. So take time to eat mindfully. And every time you feel uncomfortable and want to reach for your phone or your computer, you know, take mental note of that. Audit how powerful the digital pull is for you because that awareness can help you create the change. So I tend to, uh, you know, I can't say I'm 100% of the time, but um, nearly there, I tend to go and eat my lunch uh, away outside of my office <laughs> and uh, eat mindfully because I notice it's made a huge difference in, in my ability to feel good after I nourish my body. And on day number seven, um, for 24 hours, don't complain. You know, this is so much harder than it sounds to take a whole day, whole entire day. Remember, you're gonna be sleeping for a lot of it. So it's not that bad. <laughs> I'm just exaggerating. But take the whole day and be mindful 
of how you communicate. When you take the day off complaining, you'll really start to notice the complaints of others. It's almost like they're going to feel like barbed wire on your skin because it'll feel so uncomfortable to hear them complaining. And you might be surprised at how much negative language we use in a day. So much of it. You can say the same thing, but you can say it with more productive words. I'm not asking to be positive. I'm not saying you should pretend like something's right that it's not, but do be mindful of trying not to change it through complaining. Try to try to make change or influence or whatever through productive, constructive language. So there are seven ways for you to live slowly. Days one through seven, there's something you can do every single day. Like I said, you can head to the show notes and you can save the graphic uh, for this post. Uh, It's something I had shared a while back, but like I said, I had not put it on the podcast and um, I wanted to get that to you in this format as well, because I feel like it's super important, especially like I said, with these days getting longer, most of us have a little bit more energy, a little bit more, you know, you know, I don't know, I'm trying to think of the word juice to, um, to feel like we can do a bit more. So this is an awesome time to start these new little habits of slowing down, being aware, being mindful, and uh, connecting with uh, yourself and those around you connect with your food, connect with your body, all that good stuff. So if you connected with this podcast or know someone that you know can benefit from it, please don't forget to share it with them because that helps a lot to spread, spread the love. And I appreciate it so, so much as a small little business owner. Uh, your help goes a very, very long way for me. So I'm super grateful for that. I hope you have a wonderful week ahead and I will see you here next week. Thank you.